Aloha. Thank you for joining Healing with Aloha podcast. I'm Desmond Hakias. This podcast is to bring hope and healing with Aloha. It's storytelling with special guests and myself. I'm Desmond Hakias. And it's a pleasure to have you join us and sending a lot of aloha and positive energy for those who are on their grief journey. Aloha from the Alina Koi. Aloha, I'm Desmond Hakias. Thank you for joining with Healing with Aloha podcast, where we bring hope and healing with Aloha. Um, it's such a great um, way for you guys to get to know our guests, real stories, real people, um, to, to help you to deal with grief and loss, self-care, and, and just allowing you to connect with other people that you can relate to and help you to move forward in life. And so today, I'm very fortunate um, to introduce you to Karen Gibson. Uh, we just met this year and instantly we became soul sisters. And I, I want you guys to, to listen to what she has to share and hope that it gives you hope as a parent um, in, in your journey with this whole pandemic and, and just being able to relate to your child and, and help, help all of you guys to get through this time. And so with further ado, this is Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So, Karen, can you tell, tell them a little bit about yourself? First of all, I am a mother of two daughters, age 18 and 24. So, I've gone through the gamut of every stressful situation you can possibly imagine. <laughs> My 18-year-old um, pushed a lot of buttons, made me feel very incompetent, made me feel like I failed as a parent. Um, <laughs> and through her uh, sophomore year, throwing up, missing a lot of school, having anxiety, depression, and me not knowing how to fix her, and her going from a straight-A student to, I mean, is she going to pass? What am I not doing as an educator to, like, inspire her, motivate her? So I think uh, I wanted to share my mistakes in um, my book, Mama's Gotta Let Go, how to let go without losing your sanity because I thought I lost my sanity many, many times over. Right. And then she finally graduated. You're like, woohoo. <laughs> and oh. it doesn't end. I'm realizing, yeah, parents stress, right? I've talked to grandparents. And I guess if you're a parent, it's just learning how to cope and finding strategies. Right. Exactly. So um, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, you became a teacher, an educator um, a while ago, and then you ended up starting your own business. Can you explain briefly what, what, what you were doing before you started your own business? Yes. Well, I first started off as a marketing director and I didn't, I think I burned out. So I decided I'm going to be a special education teacher. So my first experience was at Kahimohala, a psychiatric hospital. I burned out and then I decided to be uh, a teacher at Campbell High School, Kaleopu'u. Then I thought special education, working with the DOE just wasn't for me. 
I admire a lot of these DOE teachers who are going through major, major stress, you know, with the unknown. So I decided in 1999 to start Brain Builders. So it's a private tutoring company who works one-on-one. And I've been doing it for uh, 20 years. Uh, last August, me 20 years. Well, time flies by. <laughs> time flies by. Yeah, your your youngest one graduates too while you're in the midst of it all. Um, exactly. What, what, what um, you've been doing it for 20 years. What is one thing or two things that you like about being able to um, provide tutoring one on one? And I know because of the pandemic, you switched over into virtual because before yes. it was more face to face. Right, and then face to face. Yeah. So, um, what 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 did you enjoy about um educating one on one? Well, I think one on one gives you the opportunity to really uh, get to know the person. You know, the student has their own primary learning style. You know how we talked about love language before. If you have a visual learner and the teacher is teaching kinesthetic um, or auditory, you're going to lose that student. Yes. If a doesn't know how to actually connect or maybe they don't even know how to subject because their primary subject is history but they are thrown into an English class because of the shortage of teachers right mm-hmm. you have kids who have I think you and I talked about it behavioral problems we have stress at home they have their own baggage from home and they're thrown into the classroom with sometimes 30 kids and they're scared to raise their hand they're scared to even learn sometimes because of all this mental stuff, stress, depression, kind of like what Chelsea went through. So they don't, they're like frozen and they can't really learn. So tutoring, I notice, I work really well with kids who hate school. Because oh, really? it's one one. Yes. It's so funny because these kids hate school. They tell me, I think we should not go past sixth grade. I wow. think a bunch of crap. And what I do though, is I teach them like memory skills, study skills. I try to make, you know, language arts fun, maybe read about um, how Nintendo started or how oh, like wow. Minecraft started. So you can teach all of the lessons, but use curriculum that makes it entertaining. But For I them. think as a teacher in the classroom, you have common core, you have standards that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. So regardless, if you want to do it, you're stuck. So yeah. that's what I loved about getting out of the classroom. I had control of the curriculum. I had control over my little one-on-one classroom, but a lot of teachers don't have that. On the downside, I don't have that paid vacation days. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> Right. I don't teach, I don't get paid, but I thought it was worth um, the mental stress as uh, I was uh, fully self-contained, the emotionally impaired kids. Mm-hmm. So that was really hard. I got injured. I, it was wow. just a, a lot of stuff. So I like to. But that's good though, because you were able to, to think out of the box and to continue educating. And like you said, the, the initial becoming an entrepreneur as a teacher and marketing yourself, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. And, and do you think it takes a lot of patience? Like, for example, like for any of the teachers that are listening right now, that maybe they want to go that route and provide one-on-one services. Uh, what did you find that was the most difficult thing for you in the beginning stages, like when you're trying to find your uh, students? What you just said, getting clients. Um, I was a teacher, but no one know, knew who I was. So I had to actually use my marketing degree, which to me was just outdated, but you still know, you know, contact the news stations, contact the uh, counselors, right? Get your name out there because 
kids who are failing, their parents want you. And I think there are so many teachers out there, if they're willing to, yeah, give up the retirement package, give up the vacation, do they really want to be in the classroom these days? With the pandemic, it is scary for both teachers and students, but teachers are getting, you know, they're paying more for life insurance or they're getting their wills done all because of the fear mm. of teaching in the classroom. So I think it is a great opportunity. It isn't for everyone, but yeah, getting clients, um, sometimes it takes a long time. I had to, you know, take a long time to get some students and then it's all referral. Once you have right? You have a reputation of, oh my gosh, my student, my kid is improving. Then that parent will tell another mom, which told another mom. And then you have, I had at one point 17 sessions a week and it becomes, and with virtual, they don't even have to leave their house. So it is scary. You and I talked about it. It is scary seeing yourself and then having a multitude of distractions that these kids the will children. do. But, yeah. Right. But I mean, I have people who have a hard time with the one-on-one. Guess what? They are listening and being, I guess, focused. And you know why? I think kids um, don't have that now. They're at home. They're bored. So sometimes it's like, even if it's a teaching moment, <laughs> right? It's amazing. I'm getting kids do algebra. I'm getting kids do stuff. And I'm thinking, I can't even get them to do it in person. <laughs> and, I, and I asked them and I said, I mean, I have to do Instagram uh, messaging to do a paragraph because they were having difficulty with Google, um, you know, drive in their documents, but I thought we got to just be creative and we can make this the best learning environment ever because did the kids really learn through the traditional school system? That's Mm -hmm. up for discussion, right? Yeah. And it, and it, it really depends. Like you said, um, everybody has a different style of learning. Exactly. And everybody has like different styles of love language. And so, maybe you're able to identify what they need and you can, but if you're a teacher and you have so many students, you have to process through the day, you're limited in being able to be more individualized. So it's something of an option for teachers. I think so. And that way one-on-one. And even if they like slowly get like build their clientele, maybe they start like one student, two students. And then if they really enjoy it, then they can, consider this as something they can do definitely and they already have uh possible clients because they have class have their students every teacher probably has about 100 students and they can you know teachers or parents right who um if they have a strong bond with the parents there you go nice um so i wanted to to go into how last year you were inspired to to write a book and I know I, I, I plan on writing a book and I know many people think, oh, one day I'm going to write a book and whatnot. But what was the inspiration behind your book? The inspiration was based on a diary that I started writing when my daughter, when Sabrina um, left for college. So I started mm-hmm. writing it in 2014 and then I lost it. Then I wrote in it. And then finally, last October, I decided I'm going to turn it into a book. And instead of trying to find a publisher, I decided to um, do research and use Kindle Direct Publishing, and I decided to publish it on my own. So it was a, it wasn't easy, but I um, took it upon myself as a, you know, it's like I'm going to do this. And it's like with anything, being an entrepreneur, being an author, pursuing anything that you want to, right? Like you want to do this book. I, I and I encourage everyone to tell their story, publish it. It is a great feeling to just know that wow, you know, I did it. Yeah, so you felt like it was worth it. 
I th- yeah, looking back, while I was doing it, it was not worth it because you go through <laughs> so much formatting problems and chapters are missing and you might, you know, you have to redo it, redo it, redo it. But once it's done, it's something that you can call up your own. And I think a lot of people who have that dream to be an author, I think they should just do it. Now, you do not have to seek a publisher to publish it. It's a perfect time to do self-publishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if now some people... They, they're waiting to go back to work or maybe they have to switch careers and whatnot that they have the time. You're saying that when you self-publish it, that they're really helpful for Kindle? Oh my gosh, I am such a promoter for Kindle. Um, they were on the phone literally for hours helping me with the format. If this, dis- you know, something disappeared, the um, fonts change or whatever it was, um, I would rely on them and guess what? It's free. You do not have to pay to have, um, you know, Kindle Direct Publishing and they help you market it. You have five free download days. So, you know how like in the past I would say today is, you know, next um, Monday is a free download day. So So they really to market it and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And there's classes. I mean, now with um, YouTube, with free classes. I mean, I think uh, if you want to write, publish a book now is a prime opportunity because people are buying books, right? They're doing Kindle. They, they want to read because we're stuck at home. <laughs> so, right. They need something to do. Yes. So can you just tell us, a lot of people have their own anxieties and fears of finally taking the, the leap in publishing, right? Um, can you just be real with us? Like, what were some of the insecurities and fears you felt when you were about to launch it? Oh, that no one would read it. <laughs> Everyone would think, what a load of crap. Why did she do that? She put, because I was vulnerable. I shared how my child, you know, threw up and how she had anxiety. And as a mom, how I said the wrong thing, or I forced her to do five hours of tutoring because I was teaching her perseverance. So I knew that I was going to be possibly judged as a mother, as a writer, as um. It, it is scary. So I think what I had to do and what you taught me is you can't care what other people think. You don't know whether it's going to be well received. Yes. And does it matter if my goal is to publish a book? And also, you know, when you remember like Jack Hanfield, it's like 144 knows when you know yes. that there are other people who are very like bestsellers and they themselves had insecurities and it's like, okay, I guess it's normal. And do I want this? Yes. But you know what? There's going to be times in that journey that you think, you know what? I'm scrapping it. Especially when I lost it. I lost the manuscript so many times. And then I decided people are like, you know what? You know what you should do? So then you incorporate that. No, 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 no. You know what you should do? And then you incorporate that. (laughs) You're like, I'm just going to publish it. Yeah. Then you finally say, you know what? I'm going to just publish it. And then I decided to add 10 more pages. And that's the beauty of Kindle. You can actually do another, you can do it in paperback and make the paperback different from Kindle. So I had 10 additional message cards for parents. And then then I thought, wow, it's not a mistake. I can use it as a marketing thing where the kit, the right, the paperback version has more. So yeah, it's a journey that I think is, um, it's like childbirth. <laughs> you don't know, especially if it's the first one. Oh, no, and you're like, why did I do this? And you're in pain and you think you're going to die. And then you think, okay, I think that was worth it. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's so um, great that you did do it because it's people coming across of information that you wouldn't have met. Like if they're 
living in another state, they're living overseas and whatnot. Like you, you, you just, you're basically providing an opportunity of information that someone is looking for and they could utilize. Whereas if you just said, no, nah, I'm going to keep all my ideas to myself, right? Like then that's one person out there searching and and here you are like you're holding all these ideas and experiences and then when they find it they're like oh my gosh that's so me and then the feeling of isolation you, you decrease that feeling of isolation because they can relate to someone well i think a lot of people are scared though to share their vulnerability and that's what i love about you you know sharing about the losses i think as parents we are embarrassed to share that you know what i think i messed up my kid I think I, uh, you know, and verbal abuse, very common. I've said stuff like, oh my gosh, you know, do you even want to graduate from school? Do you, are you going to be able to do this work? And the things that we say, we think will motivate them. We think, well, you know, it's like I did this whole, we are going to do this five hours of homework. <laughs> and then she just recently shared in the interview that, you know what, that is not the way, but, you know, but I think a lot of parents force that you're going to do the work, you're going to get straight A's, you're going to get a scholarship and you're going to get on the tennis team and you're going to do this. Okay. What did um, your youngest daughter uh, ex explain to you, Chelsea explained to you in the interview recently that was like, wow, and, and it, helped, it helped other parents? What was the one thing? It was a, I know yeah, it was a scary interview. And I think the one thing that I got from it, which I am guilty of, is as parents, we want to provide inspirational stories when they're going through a hard time. So like she had a hard day at work, right? She's a cashier, supermarket, brand new. She's crying. Of course, I had to say, you know, when I first had a job, I mean, I forgot to put water in the, in the Simon at McDonald's and I had to do this. And I looked at her and I said, uh-oh, I'm sharing my story, which has no relevance to you. And she goes, and I said, it's not going to be helpful. She's like, so I think when she said that in the interview, well, I think a lot of parents need to, number one, emotionally connect, which mm -hmm. means. And there's a difference between listening and hearing. You know, we do this, right? We have our phone. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, you know, say, can you, like, put your phone down? Can you, like, pause that show that you're watching on Netflix? Can you, like, give me eye contact because you're not listening? Mm. I know that you're listening, but are you really hearing? So her two, I think, main things for parents are to really care. I mean, sometimes do you really care about, like, this book that she read? My husband sat and listened to 20 minutes of this romance plot of this book that she was reading because I was doing something. Dad, can you listen? And he said, after 20 minutes, I was like, but he did it. And I think as parents, you know, we expect so much from our child. Can we give that 20 minutes to play the video game or to listen to your child's um, drama? Because we think, oh my gosh, you have no idea how hard it's going to be. And that's us, right? Yes. And their little world, that is equivalent to getting COVID. I mean, that is so traumatizing when she Losing cried at work. Or, yeah. yeah, and a customer is yelling at her. That's like our boss telling us that we're incompetent, but we're like minimizing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You, you, you don't really know how hard life is going to be. So I think when she said that, don't minimize. Mm -hmm. Don't give these life lessons and these stories and, you know, see, I heard it and I'm still doing it. I think it's default because that's right. what I want to fix. And she said, but aren't you learning that you're not supposed to fix me, mom? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But like what we were discussing earlier for our parents and our parents' parents, 
we weren't taught to apologize. We weren't taught to allow the child to express themselves. And so now your child is trying to express himself. It's weird because you never, you you couldn't even do that with your parents. Like, hey, can I share you my feelings? Like, no, just do what I say. Right. Right. And so a lot of the things like you realize, and it's a constant thing is unlearning what you're taught and being relatable to your child according to their love language and their learning style. Well, also yesterday's parents is not effective with today's kids. We were, you know, okay, I am going to spank you. I am going to make you learn this lesson. The kids these days, I mean, if they do learn the lesson, it's out of fear. And when they're out on their own, mm-hmm. who's going to do the slipper thing? Who's going to spank them? As an adult, they're not going to know what to do. And as parents, this is my main message, is our job is to prepare our kids to not need us anymore. Wow. And that's a really, I mean, really listen to that. You know, I could easily teach Chelsea, you know what? Okay, in order for you, um, you, you have to like be resilient. You have to make sure that this, you know, right? Oh, you don't know how to do the lock. Okay. What, I, what? And we do that. We come to their rescue thinking that we're a good parent, but we are enabling our kids. And guess what? We are criticizing the millennials. We created the millennials. The millennials are the way they are because of the parenting styles that we did, right? It's like, wait a minute, why aren't they doing this and this? Because my parents didn't, but guess what? We provided, we spoon fed them. We made their lunch. We um, charged their phones right? I have this one mom and she made sure that her phone, her kid's phone was charged. She went to college and she's like, mom, my phone died. Why? Because she, the mom enabled and taught her, you don't have to worry about it. You know, I'll charge your phone. Um, I'll put gas in your car. I'm going to make life easier for you. And then we're like, oh my God, these millennials. Well, we created the millennials when you think about it. Yes. Some of that, some of that, you know, some of the habits that they might have, it's because of the generation, but we have to take responsibility in how we communicate with our kids. Are we taking time to connect Mm -hmm. or are we busy to connect because of our own stuff, right? That we're dealing with. No. And I I think that's good. Like for you having self-reflection, even writing the book, I'm sure you came across moments when you're like, Ooh, (laughs) exactly. I got to work on that. My mama's got to let go. Cause I don't want (laughs) to let go. You know, like, like I am, I am very imperfect. Very, very imperfect. But you know what? It's embracing the imperfect imperfection, right? Knowing that, you know what's perfect? To be imperfect. You know what's perfect? To make mistakes as a parent. I mean, I made so many mistakes. And sometimes I think, did I, you know, strip her of her self-esteem? Wow. Did I cause her anxiety? Did my parenting cause her to not believe in herself? Or this is a good one. Did my parenting cause her to have unrealistic expectations? So she felt the need to be perfect because she witnessed me wanting to be perfect. Our kids mm-hmm. are constantly watching us. And if we're on that, that hamster wheel, I need to get the job. I need the person. I need to do the laundry and I need to do everything. I need to be super mom. And they don't see you break down. Cause you're like, I need to be very stoic. I need to be strong. <laughs> I need to show their resilient, my resiliency. They're going to be like, Well, I guess um, I have to be that way. Yes. Yes. And as moms, right? I think that's how we feel. Like, I have to be a good mom. Right. But we don't realize that a strength vulnerability is a good mom. Exactly. When you break down, show it. It's like, you know what? Oh, my gosh. Mom's having 
a breakdown because I just don't know what to do. You know, like how you didn't know what to do when your Legos broke and you didn't know what to do when you didn't, you know, you, right? It's, yeah, it's, being a, becoming a single mom was really scary. However, you just, like I, I tell people in anything, even with grieving, you just take it day by day, moment to moment. Um, you're not going to know what's going to happen later on down the road, but who does? So, so you you embrace today and you make the best and some days is is great some days you're like okay that was a lesson exactly. <laughs> you know like that was a, a tough lesson <laughs> oh i don't want to repeat that lesson <laughs> you know what i mean as a parent as a child as a parent yeah. yes yeah and, that's why i think it's the, the hardest thing when you see your your children make the same mistake maybe again and again and again and you think did i not teach them right yeah. But then you have to think, I always think if the lesson is repeated, it needs to be repeated in order for them to learn. It has nothing yeah. to do with your effectiveness. You know, you're not an ineffective mom. Your child just needs to do her own journey. Yes. And I think I have to constantly tell myself, it's her journey. Okay, she fell. She, you know, had some scrapes. But is it my job to prevent those um, heartaches? And yeah, we we think we're helping them when we want to make sure they're always happy. However, yeah. in this life, things are going to happen. We're going to die. We're going to get sick. We're going to lose a job, gain a job, go through a pandemic, hurricane, like natural disasters. And, and they, they need to be able to learn how to survive in life. Exactly. Which is why I think parenting during the pandemic, I think teaching in the new normal, parents don't realize that, guess what? You can teach without a teaching degree because the lessons that you're teaching your kids are life lessons, which are sometimes, and you and I talk about it, way more important than academics. Sometimes. Yes. Like right now, you don't need to talk about um, parts of speech and about history and about you know all these things, but you can Google, you can find resources, and you can teach like real life lessons. Is your child going to be able to um, make a sandwich? Is your child going to be able to call the cell phone company when they overcharge them? Right. Like, so, you know, like practicals. Practical lessons, right. I'm really grateful for you. I know um, you have a lot coming um, for the rest of today. But if a parent that's listening would love to just connect with you, what is the best way to find you on social media and like email or whatnot? Um, can, um, how can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. I'm on uh, Mama's Gotta Let Go, of course. And my um, business is Letting Go with Aloha. But I am Instagram. doing um, Instagram. On Facebook, um, I do have Brain Builders, which is my tutoring side. And then Mama's Gotta Let Go, you can always find me there since I'm doing my parenting tips. I'm doing- uh, Can you um, share with them what days do you go live in? Oh, yes. you, have a, you have a group called Mama's Gotta Let Go and people can request to be in that group. What days do you give um, parenting tips? Every Wednesday, 9.30 a.m. time. 12.30 p.m. Um, Pacific, right? Um, 3.30. You know, and you've been doing Wednesday. special guests? I've recently um, had special parents and death is going to be on and that's <laughs> coming Wednesday. So we get to hear your story as a parent. Um, but I, yeah, I encourage um, people who to join in. I have a lot of uh, feedback, but if you want to 
be a parent, if you want to just share your challenges, that's what the Facebook Wednesdays are for. Not only parenting tips, but I would love to hear the current challenges that parents have. And then on your brain builders on Facebook, you've been going like, just, is it just for this month? Actually, um, I'm not doing lives, but what I'm doing, which I have tips. to do today, is I'm doing a parenting tips. I started Sunday, and I'm doing one every day through August 4th. August 4th, okay. um, because August, um, I'm, because August 4th is uh, supposedly when the Hawaii school systems will start. I might continue on, but I didn't realize that it is <laughs> a commitment, and it involves. Um, you know, Planning. a lot of research and choose like, what tip am I going to share today? Right. But I am doing it every day. And because it's not live, I can, um, you know, do it on the side and then I launch it and I, I am welcoming parents to um, read, watch the tip of the day, incorporate it if it's something that you find useful and also give me feedback because a lot of it is asking parents, you know, did you try this? Did it work? And so I, I would love feedback from anyone watching it. And then for that parent who just really wants to connect with you more one-on-one -on -one to get help, um, you, you're offering a 30-minute free strategy call? Yes, I'm doing a 30-minute free strategy call. As a parent coach, if they want to connect with me, I'm also doing a 30-minute tutoring session um, through August 4th. And I can meet with your child virtually. And this doesn't have to be in Hawaii because as long as you have a laptop, phone, and internet connection, we can do it. So they can either email me. Okay. I have a kgbrainbuilders at gmail.com or message me. You can message me and we can um, plan it. And I would just welcome the opportunity to work with parents who are struggling because I am on the ride with you. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's good because I think we don't know like for some um schools they're they're just doing distance learning yeah others are doing blended and so it's great that you can be a resource for for parents and just letting them know that okay we're gonna work through this and then also letting teachers know that if they want to transition slowly into tutoring that they might yes. actually enjoy it so you'd be great to to reach out to yeah i, I encourage teachers um parents even students if they want to reach me you know reach out to me um message me on instagram or facebook and i am doing i just want to add a three minute check-in session you know i i do that with the brain builders tutoring because sometimes parents just might want a little check-in to make sure that their child is doing what they're supposed to do and some parents might not know what is my kid supposed to do Right. So I think um, just providing or knowing that there's resources there, if it's not me, then the teachers, um, fellow classmates, I mean, that's what the whole, right, it's, it's going to be an interesting school year. Yeah, that's it's going to, and it's coming up quick for Hawaii. I don't know when the start date is for um, the other states. True. Yeah. Um, also, real quick, oh, where can they find your book if people wanted to purchase more? Oh, they, Amazon. Amazon has it, Kindle version, as well as the paperback. If they leave a positive comment um, with the Kindle version, I will mail you, if you're in the U.S., I will mail you a paperback version that has like 10 extra message cards with 10 ways to let go. So, um, yeah, I encourage you to um, go on Amazon. Yeah, guys, jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for your time. And, hey, guys, oh. 
thank you for joining us with Healing with Aloha podcast. Um, we are on Spotify, anchor.fm. And if you wanted to find our website, it's www.healingwithalohapodcast.com. Uh, we are on Instagram as Healing with Aloha. On Facebook is Healing, Aloha, Healing with Aloha podcast. And also on TikTok, Healing with Aloha. But thank you guys for your time. You guys have a beautiful day. Until the next time, ahui ho. Thank you. Okay, hold on.